Are you looking for the ideal gift for the dog-loving children in your family? Jack and Billy Puppy Tales is a delightful story with an important message for children of all ages. It's written by Steve Goodall and Sally Bradbury. You'll follow two puppies, Jack and Billy, during that all-important first year of their lives. It's had some amazing reviews from some of the top dog trainers in the world. Dr Ian Dunbar, veterinary behaviourist, says... I started to smile after only four pages. I couldn't put it down and at the end I could barely read for tears of happiness. This is a wonderful book. Karen Tong, dog training instructor and child dog bite prevention educator, said this. This will definitely educate both children and adults about the correct way to bring up a puppy. It belongs in the home of all dog lovers and anyone considering acquiring a puppy. You can find us at jackandbillypuppytails.com and join the adventures. We're also on Facebook, Jack and Billy Puppy Tales. See you soon. from the bookshop and we're gonna get right off the shelf and barks from the bookshop and we're gonna get right off the shelves barks from the bookshop we're gonna get right off the shelves and barks from the bookshop here we go Barks from the bookshop, and we're gonna get right off our shelves. And barks from the bookshop, and we're gonna get right off your shelves. And barks from the bookshop, we're gonna get right off our shelves. And barks from the bookshop, and here we go. Hello, bookshelvers, uh, and welcome to another episode of our offshoot off the shelf. Uh, series. Uh, this is episode number three of Off the Shelf. Um, been getting some nice feedback about this, um, so thank you for everyone who is listening. Um, as I said before, just a, a chance for Natalie, I, and Corin, who's joining the team for these ones, um, to have a chat with people that we are either super interested in, friends, professionals, dog lovers, animal lovers, anyone really. Um, just before we get into this week's episode, which is with the amazing Helen Motterham, um, just wanted to say thanks for everyone who's been sending in questions, sharing, giving us the love, giving us the likes. Um, it means a heck of a lot to Nat, Sister Behaviorista, and myself. So uh, keep that coming. Um, so on to today's episode then, the amazing Helen Motterham. Um, I, I'm going to let her speak for herself because we talk about all facets um, of what she does. Um, one of the main things that I've been a part of is the Pet Professional Network where um, she just provides loads and loads of help, um, interesting things, support for pet businesses. Um, she's great. Uh, she, uh, um, I'll let her tell you about um, her bird rescue as well. Um, we had loads of fun with this one. So here we go, Helen Motterham, and I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Two baby birds in the room. So if they start tweeting, it oh. just means it's feeding time. Is it? Um, is it crumbling I've custard? Yeah, I put a blanket over them. So this oh. is my off. 
flash of a room. So it's the Fleming nightmare at times. So. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. You've led me straight into the third. I've been obviously following Crumbles and Custard um, a little bit on the Facebooks and that they look adorable, don't they? What's the story there? Uh, one fell from a really tall building. So oh. It's got quite a bad injured wing. So we don't know whether a Crumble will be able to fly again. Um, if that's the case, we'll try and refer on to um, a, a sanctuary for great tits or blue tits. Oh. But um, little Custard, she just came out of the nest too early, uh, couldn't find the parents or the nest, so they brought it to us. Oh, oh. bless. Are you been very busy with uh, birds recently? Yeah, yeah we've got 19 birds at the moment, and we wow. have, um, we've got three other people wanted to bring us birds as well so yeah we are we are quite stretched at the moment it's that time of year isn't it it is yeah we've had we've had sadness in our garden today oh no one one little fledgling that didn't make it and was just on the ground so i don't know whether the neighbor's cat got got him mm. um and one little fledgling despite my best efforts because we used the big trucks in the garden for the dogs and I put rocks and things in there, so if any wildlife falls in, they can get out. But he was, oh, he no. was dead in the rock. truck. It is a low percentage rate of the ones that get through to adulthood, and even then, yeah. like the tits only live till like two years in the wild, so it's not. Yeah, a... these were great tits, though, and I know what box they've been nesting in. So it was finally fledgling day, and they're two yeah. down already, which is sad. But I, I buried them in the garden and said goodbye to them. Once, oh. yeah. <laughs> We don't, we, we, in our field where we do all of our training, um, we uh, were told by the country park that look after it for us and that we had a, a nest uh, in a cone. So it's like a traffic cone that we used to hold our gate open. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you found out any more about it? Well, we just left it, left it yeah, be. Yeah, we told anyone that was sort of like visiting it that they couldn't obviously move the cone or anything along those lines. But we've been watching and the, the, I haven't seen... We saw a, a blue tip, we think it was, land on top of the cone. But other Could than that... Could have just been past then, though. But I was thinking, how are they going to get out? Is that, is that a bad decision on their part? How would they get out from a cone? That would... That's yeah. not going to work, is it? Unless, is there a little kind of opening at the top? Cause most yeah, there is an opening at the top, yeah. Yeah. Strange, isn't it? I, I've, I've seen some in bins before, made a nest <laughs> in a bin. And a post box, there's a post box not far from us, and there's like a little notice now, do not use this post oh, box. Oh, that's, I think so that's amazing. I saw that on Facebook, actually, yeah. <laughs> How cool! Oh, I love that people adapt. You know, like because you know, if 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 it was for any reason it was just closed, everyone would be going, "Oh, I'll walk all the way <laughs> yeah. down there and post yeah. it." But oh, there's birds in there, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad would be grumpy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, thanks for coming on. Um, uh, this this off the shelf series that we're doing is just the way where we get to chat to people that we think are. Uh, interesting cool friends of ours you know um professionals in the business and and obviously uh your your name comes up all the time doesn't it in the dog training world because um mm -hmm. well you've done loads we'll get onto the pet professional network later on but um i wanted to start just by asking you um about sally i was doing a little bit of, done a bit of research and i helen so I was, um and uh sally your one of your first dogs is it your first dog? i'm not sure yeah, yeah. So she was a Jack Russell, um, and I think I was about 12, year old, 12 years old when I got Sally, so very young. Um, and she came from what we thought was a loving family, but it turned out she was being bullied by the um, two older sons. Oh. So firstly, she wasn't too favourable of um, young men. 
and um, she came to our home environment and she was really quite a social dog with other dogs and then one day we were over the field just minding our own business and this dog came hurtling all the way from the other side of the field and just launched at her and ripped her head open and then that that took us like extensive surgery to get her repaired but she was never quite the same after that incident bless her so we not only had the fearfulness of um, males but also now the dogs to cope with so yeah it was um quite a lot of trauma to go through for little sally and you i'm sure as well yeah from a yeah i can still remember that day you know being 12 years old it's just stuck in my brain it's like a nightmare and i still have dreams about it like yeah yeah sounds dramatic you know it's it for me i remember it's this huge black dog like and I, I have these nightmares about this black creature coming towards me in a field. And it, it, it's pretty scary stuff, to be honest, when you're a younger kid. Yeah. You wouldn't want to come around our house at the moment. We have got a huge <laughs> black creature living in our house. So, yeah, you'd be, you'd be triggered straight away if you walked through the door. Um, <laughs> um, no, I love black dogs now. Obviously, but, um, when you were a kid, it was like a um, poor little Sally. She was only so small. and Yeah. yeah. Did oh, um, you have an adult with you at the time or were you just out by yourself? Yeah, my mum was there. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was Beaches Field and we always walked there. And growing up, I always loved dogs and always been interested in their behavioural behavior and training. Um, and back then, you know, there wasn't a lot of organisations or associations around. And I think mm. the first book I put, uh, picked up was um, from Ian Dunbar. Mm-hmm. So that was the first ever book I picked up. And then I started learning straight away. And then I came to realise that actually Sally needed distance. She needed time. You know, um, at first we thought taking her out and about to community events would be the right thing because we were very um, a community-driven family. But then we realised actually taking her out to these social events where there's loads of other dogs around was not for Sally. So mm-hmm. we built it up very gradually. And eventually she she had a best friend also called Sally, which got confusing. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah, so she, she, did, she did start to socialise with some dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing about Sally is, you know, she did build that confidence and we could get quite close to other dogs. But if they overstep that boundary, she would just do a little warning sign. Mm-hmm. Just a little... Uh, yeah, you know, a so classic just... Jack Russell. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that led you on your journey to create um, social pause. Yeah, I mean, I was very young. So then I started um, doing a lot of volunteering work. So with various rescues. And then there was a job at the animal shelter, which then I went and did that. And then there was an older boy called Joseph who needed rehoming. He was dumped at Christmas. And although he wasn't what I would say um, a reactive dog, so to speak, he was still a very anxious dog who had numerous issues. So, again, it was my experience with Joseph as well as Sally that Mm -hmm. kind of built the whole behavioural stuff around my business. Wow. Wow, Colin's got a good question for you actually, because um, we uh, we we were talking about this earlier on, weren't we? About about your business specifically. Um, so yeah. um, obviously you've worked alone for a long time, and I, I read that your partner Tristan has joined you within the last few yeah. years. How's yeah. that transitioning? Because suddenly it's it, it's a shared thing rather than it's solely yours, where you get to make all those yeah. decisions and things. Um, it's really hard coaching someone who's close to you. Yeah. <laughs> I am with you on that. I, I swear <laughs> words happen and I just, yeah, I can't, I can't work with Jade. 
So we were trying to get on Zoom today and um, he was having a mental breakdown and then started shouting. So I just left the room and was like, right, I can't be dealing with this because it's not only I'm training him to do the dog training side, which he already has lots of years of experience with. I've got to train him the marketing, the techie side, um, the report writing. So I'm kind of having to do everything. Um, luckily, Tristan is an extremely intelligent guy, so he gets a theory like that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, with the practical side, we don't have our own dogs. So a lot of the behavioral and training work we do with the birds, and that is transferable. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, he does need more practical experience. And obviously, that's hard, as we all know. Yeah. Um, so he's, he is training for the IMDT and the PDTA. But the PDTA course was cancelled, oh, unfortunately. No um hopefully he'll still get to do his assessment with the imdt which is in september so fingers mm-hmm. crossed but yeah it's very hard to coach someone that's close to you <laughs> i feel you well we, well we we took the approach of uh yeah, and it took a while didn't it to get there uh just picking roles so you know if someone's strengths lie and somewhere else just pff, pass it over otherwise uh yeah. but yeah there's loads of things we still come up against. i find that the hardest thing i find is that the boundaries that you would have the, like your stop lines if you were in an office or working with someone else, they just, they're non-existent. They, they, they have gone, you know what I mean? There's yeah. nothing. So trying to put those yeah. into place is, is, is tricky. Yeah. 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 I'm just a very lonely control freak all on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I think she likes it that way. <laughs> yeah, I do like it that way. Um, and my dogs are my employees. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep uh, asking my accountant what I can claim for. And he, she's like, they're not your employees, Nat. <laughs> I, I think I've said this before. I think I've definitely done that. <laughs> they go to work. They literally go to work. Why can't I pay for their insurance through my business? Come on, they're there <laughs> with me. <laughs> exactly. You've opened a wormhole there. <laughs> I know. Well, basically what I've done by, um, by rehoming peaches is now I've got three females in the house that bully me so uh, yeah. you know. yeah. <laughs> poor steve it's all good <laughs> you are outnumbered so shall we have a chat about um one of my favorite creatures on the planet russell crow um that's oh. that's going to sound a bit weird to some people that aren't there <laughs> i just realized as i've said as that's come out of my mouth so we better get on to uh talking about who russell actually is quite quickly <laughs> yeah um so russell a bit of a backstory he's actually a disabled rook that I thought was a crow, which makes the story even more quirky. <laughs> um, I found him when I was actually doing a rehab training walk with little Bumble, and she was like, oh, you know, went to investigate. And I was like, oh, what's that? And I picked him up. And I've had many, many years experience um, rescuing pigeons and songbirds, but never corvids. So I was mm. like, whoa. So I brought him home. And um, then I soon realized he had something wrong with his feet. He wasn't quite developing in the same manner as the other birds. So just keep him build an aviary hey presto and then suddenly you get many more birds brought to you and you open up a rescue it's like crazy but um he's got a really really unique personality he's been on tv which you know yeah, yeah you went the, on this morning um, yeah. didn't you yeah um russell crow tweeted him which is really oh, nice wow. so, so yeah so it's a nice story the backstory is really good and it means that i've been able to um you know pursue my passion in more rescue work which is great for mm-hmm. me really how many have you got an idea of how many birds that have been through the rescue um anything like oh, that if we were including the ones when i was younger probably hundreds wow. but, um 
yeah so but then I say that wasn't an official rescue back when I was a kid so I don't know 100 maybe so it's, it's not a big number we're only a very small rescue um we only have a certain capacity I mean we're at 19 now and we are you know stretched basically yeah mm. because the problem is when you get new birds in you've got to put them in quarantine seven mm-hmm. to 14 days and what ends up being quarantine is your bedroom cages <laughs> and crates um you know if we had more lamb we'd obviously have specific quarantine aviaries but i'm very um particular because obviously i do not want um uh, potential disease being spread to the other birds yeah. so i do get worried about that of course yeah yeah, yeah. And um, a question that I wanted to ask next was, oh, oh yeah, oh, sorry, as my mind's going round and spinning round, buffering as I go. Um, <laughs> did, are you, did you attend the Lemonade Conference, Helen, at all? No, I didn't. Because the only problem is because I work throughout the week and I've got the rescues. I'm just feeding birds every 30 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Um, so I missed out on it. It's just such a busy time of the year. So I'm hoping maybe it's recorded. Can you? I don't know if you, yeah, yeah, they're definitely recorded because they're 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 available for a year. I don't know. But if you can, I don't know if they're that was. Yeah, I'm not sure if you can go back and do it. I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't know. There yeah. was this fantastic video on there yesterday. Um, was it who was okay. was it Susan Friedman's? Ah, uh, yeah. Talk yeah. about um with a bird that had learnt that cl- oh, yeah. closing the door meant that food was coming. Have you ever seen that video? Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. The bird, so they're tapping the little the uh, syringe on the side with the food in it, and that the bird's mouth is just shut. It's like no, no, and then suddenly yeah. they go and close the door again. The bird's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so incredible. Ah, oh, just brilliant. So should we talk a little bit about the um the pet professional network? then um this amazing amazing organization so um when was it founded um it was founded back in 2018 so we are relatively new um we had our founding members that people have been through my platinum program so they built up the founding members and then we invited um a few of the organizations to join us supporting Mm -hmm. organizations Mm -hmm. and then from there we introduced like yearly support which is you know working really well now so yeah officially I'd say 2019 but yeah going since 2018 mm-hmm. so relatively new you've certainly got to be one of the busiest people that I that I know because <laughs> you're tirelessly yeah, working on on the, the pet professional network yeah uh, I think that's the hard thing because if you have one business you can put all your efforts into that business um, but when you've got multiple businesses and you also do charitable work you can get very tired. So I am quite strict. I don't work at the weekends, only on my rescue work. So you could say that is work, but obviously it's not a paid job for me. Um, And I'm quite good. Like I don't tend to go on um, the groups after sort of 6 or 7 p.m. and I don't answer emails. So I'm pretty good there. But you have to be um, quite, you know, strict on yourself Mm. because it can can take over your life you know it's taken over me and Tristan's life at the moment the rescue work um and obviously trying to manage over you know 380 people who are joining the group it can become quite a challenging task mm-hmm. but I put systems in place and I've streamlined stuff but to me I don't want to lose that personal touch I don't mm-hmm. want yeah. to just become like oh like a robot hello welcome to our group then that's it it's like uh, and then it ends there because that's not what community is about community is about 
bringing people together, inspiring them, and having that real personal feeling. So I know I think that's really sorry, important. That sorry, the, the the personal touch, and I think that's how a lot of us end up, you know, burning out. Not that it's anyone's fault, but we just, you know, we're we're not. Um, I'm personally not very self-disciplined about when I work and what I do. And, and, you know, when you've got that mentality of wanting to share things and help people out that are at the earliest stages of their career and, um, you know, people, certainly the people that have mentored me throughout my career are so generous with their time and expertise. Mm -hmm. You you know, we don't want to lose that, but then also we don't want to lose anyone to, burnout yeah. either so it's a really hard balancing act isn't mm-hmm. it yeah i think the, the issue i have is i have so many people messaging me via messenger and it only takes you to open up that one message and then you lose it and then that's it so what oh. i try and do now is direct people to my email if it is um you know an official inquiry because mm-hmm. otherwise i just can't keep up you yeah. know, I get I get hundreds of messenger messengers a day. A day. Wow. Yeah, wow. a day. On my, yeah. So, and then with that, I've got messages from social pause. Then I've got the business page, and I've got Twitter. So it's kind of like you've got all these different platforms. I almost wish it was just in one place. You know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is, uh, so for people that don't know what the Pet Professional Network is, how would you describe it? Um, for anyone that wanted to check it out. Or... Yeah. Do you want so, anyone else to come and check it out? Yeah. <laughs> so um, we call it a business um, support organisation, an educational platform. So basically you join us to um, um, come part of like, like-minded people to network, so to help your business through cross-referring. And then the other part of it is to um, grow your business. So it might be that you're struggling with confidence issues in your business right now. It might be that you're struggling to get clients. Or it might be that you've just lost that sparkle in your business and you want to regain a bit of that fun. So the main reason people do join is because they've heard it's such a friendly, inviting community with like-minded people. And they just want to inject a bit more fun into their business and, yeah, boost their confidence really because it seems like a lot of us have this imposter syndrome don't we even when we know so much it mm. seems like the more we know the more we get that mm. would you agree <laughs> yeah I, that's we, the um dunning kruger effect isn't it so the more you know the more you realize you don't know <laughs> exactly exactly well we're, um, me and steve are obviously part of uh the the ppn and i just find like sometimes if i just lose a bit of direction i can find something on there and and i think obviously we've got each other but some so many people do work alone and i think it gives people a bit of support especially so around covid at the moment so yeah. people not knowing when to go back what how to go back and, ev- and everyone just being like well this is what i'm doing and 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 yeah. that little bit of support because it can be really lonely and especially at a time like this when you're like shall I go back I need some money and all of that kind of thing so I think yeah. it's a great place yeah. for that kind of thing one of the things that I loved during this during um what's been happening at the moment with the pandemic about the PPN was there was lots of stuff on there about you know you don't have to feel like you know don't feel like you're we've all got to like launch ourselves and become experts on online marketing and online courses yeah. and things along those lines because that was really I'm I'm quite hardened to the the ideas of like scarcity mentality and stuff like that it doesn't affect me that badly i've got to admit i don't get like jealousy of other trainers coming in the area in fact if anything else 
I, you know, where we are with um, with Nat and in our surrounding areas, we've kind of embraced everyone that's kind of yeah. working and it's the best way to do it. Yeah. But yeah. when the pandemic hit, I found those fears kind of creeping into myself of like, oh my God, we need an online course and I need it now. And yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and then what's that person doing over there? When are they going to start their sessions back up? What's going <laughs> on here? Am I going to lose everyone to that? And yeah, I found starting it started to creep in and it got me quite anxious at points. And I found yeah. the PPM really helpful with that oh thank you yeah i mean online training isn't for everyone i think if you're going to do online training it's got to be a long-term thing mm. it's not just you know a short-term thing to bring in extra money you know i've been doing online training for about 10 years now because i used to do it in my other business and um it's always been sitting there in the background um for times like this you know i could break my arm tomorrow god forbid mm. yeah. um and it's something i can pick up rather than going out to see clients so for mm. me it is a long-term strategy moving forward i think this has been a, a little bit of a, a nudge for a lot of people that perhaps maybe need something like that in the future just in case you know like you said it's not even as if a global thing needs to happen something to individually to you could happen that means that you can't continue the way you are working at the moment exactly is that crumble or custard in the background he's woke up <laughs> sorry yeah it's um yeah Loving custard, yeah. <laughs> if you Please, need, if you need to, noise. yeah, if you need to take a little break or whatever to feed them, or whatever, give us a shout. It's absolutely fine. That's uh, not a yeah, problem. Yeah, I, I pro- probably will because I think they're um, they're gonna. Yeah, do you yeah, want to do you want us to pause it for a bit and you can come back? Yep, that's cool. Yep, yep. no All problem, right. Helen. No worries. And it's about well, they're quite, well, I guess they're quite small, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll tell you one thing I did want to ask you, actually. So um, you've been voted uh, one of the top 50 greatest Gloucester women of all time. Yeah. Yeah? What's that all about? Uh, so it was the awards we had um, two years ago now. And basically there was a number of categories and I was voted for animal welfare. Um, basically for my work around dogs and my rescue centre. Um, so I got a little bit of um, a, a plaque. So there's a plaque with all the names on it. And um, that's at the centre where the Cheltenham holds all their events. So it's kind of nice to be recognised for oh, that. Cool. Yeah. That's lovely. We we won an award recently, and I was, I was so chuffed. I was really really happy, and but then but then I was like, okay, how the, I started. You know when you get like um, like emails of people saying, oh, you've been considered for this award, and then you know, and then it yeah. comes on, and I started being a bit skeptical about it, but it seems fairly legitimate, so I'm embracing it wholeheartedly. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really nice to think that someone you know is taking their time to recommend you, and yeah. you know. I, I think it's such a nice thing to have an award. It's it's just really nice. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Very well deserved as well, Helen. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what a good a good reason to win it for your animal welfare. Yeah. And what Thank do you, you think about um, the uh, announced today? Wasn't it about the um, the merger of all of these groups coming together for the UK Dog Behaviour and Training Charter? So I know you're a member yeah, of the IMDT, fun. aren't you? Yeah, so sounds really interesting. I'd love to hear a little bit more about it. I mean, yeah. I think that's what we need in the industry. We need to be collaborating more and bringing forces together, you know, to help each other rather than being individual organisations. Um, and with PPN, we're very much about supporting other organisations. And 
that's how we get things done, isn't it, in the industry? It's sharing our beliefs and our ethics mm-hmm. and push, being the driving force, really, behind that. So, yeah. It's a really difficult question, isn't it? So the, the right way to do it, the right way to merge all of these things together, because there's so yeah. many different ideas and so many so right. many organisations, all really well-meaning organisations as well, most of them. So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a tricky thing to do. So it's quite a quite uh because there's loads that when they were listing how many have sort of like joined forces and they said that there's others in the pipeline as well Um, yeah yeah i think it's um it's also about simplifying it because there are so many organizations and i think it's very confusing to pet owners so i think if we can get the message out to pet owners what are the right organizations to be following um my local vet is now recommending the imdt which is fantastic um so I went and had a long chat with him and he, we talked about um, accreditations and he, he he was literally an hour there picking my brain. Um, and I went through all of them, what I'm a part of, because I'm part of the Association of Pet Behaviour Councillors as well, um, provisional member there. So he just wanted to know a little bit about how they'll run. Um, and then they shared a, a blog on their social media the other day about how IMDT is one of the people they support, which so wow. I think Steve must have got in touch as well. Um, which is really nice. And I think that's what we need to be doing is getting out there and talking to vets, talking to more pet owners and talking to rescues. So it's not only about the organisations, it's about the people who need us, like the vets and the rescues. And I think Mm -hmm. that's so important. Yeah, couldn't agree more there. Yeah, definitely the way forward. And I think a lot of people kind of bulk at the word regulation. They think it's going to be this, you know, um, (laughs) draconian organization that tells them that they're not good enough all the time and nothing is ever going to be perfect when it's designed by committee and there are so many different things Mm. coming together you're never going to get perfect overnight but imperfect is better than nothing (laughs) you know and if it if it dilutes um the professionals working against animal welfare standards and using methods that we consider unethical in the market it can only be a good thing you know um definitely i think there's there's a lot of misunderstanding when we talk about regulation or or, you know whatever word you want to use for it um and people kind of do get a bit scared off and think it's sort of this elitist uh well well, i haven't got a degree so i'm not going to be in but actually it's about us all working together for the you know greater good of animal welfare um which is great so yeah more the merrier yeah for sure something i saw yesterday when when on the lemonade conference actually in one of the presentations we were watching i forget who now i'll have to put it in the notes if i remember my memory is shocking um the idea of when we look at maybe a behavior problem with a dog that that there's there, there could be a medical component obviously an environmental component so training behavior all of those things and it always reminds me of um i don't know if you know uh chris packle he he has um uh in his organization i think he he has all of those things kind of all in one so there's so if you go to see a behaviorist then the follow-ups are done by trainers but they're also there's vets as well that can do and it's all one thing and I've I've always really loved that idea because you know it's it's fine like referring to people I mean we we do it all the time between Nat and I but um but it would be great if there was like it's this this one stop shop almost like you know like you go to your vets and they go i mean maybe it does exist and i'm not sure i might not be but well the abtc is is kind of a a start of a you know a register and i know a lot of 
uh, a lot of veterinary practices will go to them. But, you know, like Helen said, if we haven't had those conversations and, and brought the vets into the conversations, or then mm. they, they still could be using, you know, Bob from down the road that's been <laughs> yeah. dog training for yeah. 30 years doing goodness knows what. Um, yeah. Because Bob's the one that they know and he, you know, takes them some cakes every now and again. So <laughs> I think it's really, I, I love it when um, you, you kind of get a vet that's into it. Yeah, I've yeah, got all the time yeah. in the world if they if they want to discuss it and and even I had a vet last year ring me to check my credentials and ask wow, me about how I would work with the client and I was like oh my goodness this is brilliant and he was like yeah. he was kind of apologizing saying you know I don't I don't want to seem like I'm questioning you. I was like question me all you like yeah. that's brilliant if every vet did that then you know we'd, we'd maybe be in a better better place with some of the outcomes of the cases yeah. that we see by yeah, the way Steve, it was we'll... susan friedman of course it was susan yeah it was susan friedman there you go <laughs> <laughs> which i could listen to her talk forever yeah she's fab isn't she oh, oh yeah I, I was gushing big time over her yesterday i flew all the way to scotland to see her <laughs> yeah. did you i wouldn't have come back <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I did get a selfie with her as well. <laughs> did I, you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be done. Got no shame. I got no shame when it comes to meeting my idols. <laughs> I spoke to her at Clicker Expo, and that's not like me. I'm I'm quite shy, no, really. I, I I just observe and admire from a distance. But she just like I don't know. She just filled me with excitement. I was like, I've got to go and tell her that I think she's amazing. And that's basically <laughs> what I, I was like. You should work with children because you're amazing. And she was like, Thank you so much for telling me that. Could you tell somebody else? That like you know like she was like i should be doing that like she agreed she should be doing that and if she should i said the world would be better if uh she was just training us all in life <laughs> when she was doing the q a section um uh yesterday just every person that asked a question regardless of what the question was or anything like that but she said this great manner of just making everyone feel like that question was the, the best question yeah. in the world and thank you so much for asking it because now we can open up a discussion on this topic and you know you've made my day and it was just brilliant i was just i was, I was in awe of um of how she was dealing with the people it was great she bought one of Russell's books, actually. Hey, so, that's oh, amazing! amazing. Yeah, so she uh, she gave me a bit of a cuddle hug at uh, Clicker Expo, and we had a selfie with the book. And I was like, <laughs> I, I did offer to give her one. I said, um, I'll send you one free. And uh, she went, No, no, I want to buy your book. And I was like, Oh, oh bless lovely. her, you know. Oh, um, so you have got a book. <laughs> oh yeah. So you you you've done a children's book, is that right? Yeah, my husband did it, so I can't take credit, but okay. it's about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? I've got, I've got a, yeah, obviously um, I wrote the Jack and Billy book as well, so I've always got an yeah. interest in this. But yeah, yeah. Look, how did that come about? Um, so he did it as like a Christmas present. It's called My Rookie Book, um, and that. it's about my journey finding Russell and his... Um, how he came to live with us and it's um the book rhymes which is really nice and it's got a bit of a sense of humor light-hearted ring to it and um then we published it via amazon so it's um, gone really well and then uh, we did a christmas special where uh russell tries to be a robin and flies off to meet santa <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah my husband's very creative and he's very good at writing which comes in handy because my grammar and spelling is atrocious <laughs> it's one of the things um and so he like if i write a professional blog he'll like 
at uh, for mail and be like, oh, how did he make so many mistakes? Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's very, very good at the written words. But I'm, I love my blogging, but it's just the, the grammar. You know, yeah. Sometimes you have to get that right. Yeah. It's just a Facebook post, you know, it's there today, gone tomorrow, but with a professional blog. I'm like, yeah, got to get this right, you know. So. Yeah, I could do with his skills. Looking <laughs> That's over my worth noting. So we're going to start blogging and our, our, neither of our grammar is great, is it? No, no, <laughs> yeah. We correct each other wrongly. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so hang on, so I got this right. So he, he made this for you as a Christmas present? Yeah. How, what, and you didn't know it was a surprise, was it? Yeah, it was a surprise. How cool yeah. is that? I Bet know. He scored yeah. some serious points that day, yeah? Yeah, he is, he's a one in a million guy. I couldn't imagine anyone else wanted to be with me because I am very hard work. And to be honest, I mean, if, if a guy is going to put up with 19 birds, become a dog trader, what do you ask him to do? <laughs> and basically be second in line to a rook. I think he deserves a bit of a pat on the back. Well, I think we should give him a round of applause. Yeah, well done. <laughs> there. there you go. Yeah, he gets 10 points from Barks from the bookshelf. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting journey writing a bit. Well, a children's book as well, I think, is really, it's, you need to use all sorts of different weird and wonderful skills. I mean, I sat down with um, with uh, a, a friend of mine that I was working, I was working at a pub at the time and I started writing my book. It took me forever because I procrastinated forever. And he was telling me sort of like the way you need to, you know, the way you need to speak to children and sort of words that you can't yeah. use and all of this sort of stuff. Um, and I found it fascinating. But, but yeah, yeah. How who did um did you get it illustrated professionally? Did you or? Yeah, one of my friends did the illustrations. That's great. So that's really nice. I love the illustrations. It's kind of like Gruffalo style, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So has the what has the pandemic caused any like um particular issues with the way you work or anything like that it sounds like you've been pretty busy the whole way through it to be quite honest but has it has it affected so, you particularly badly yeah yeah because Tristan is a one-to-one um dog walker where he trains and walks very reactive anxious dogs um he was actually full up before this hit but obviously a lot of his clients now are at home um some are able to do the training themselves so um, we've not really picked up the pieces yet. So I can see a lot of dog walkers going back, but mm. we've not had that. People don't need us at the moment because mm. they're all still at home. Mm. Um, he did have one dog he was doing um, once a day, but unfortunately that passed away. Oh. Day. So, um, yeah, really love a lovely older uh, German Shepherd. So that's kind of, you know, what started Tristan's training journey. And he's done a lot yeah. of work with this dog and his confidence just, you know grew stronger and now he's passed away so that's a little bit sad for that but um so what i'm trying to do is encourage <laughs> Tristan to do a little she loves um uh crow scarers one of the crow scarers that go off yeah she's um she is a absolute stickler for a crow scarer she loves them. <laughs> so um yeah we've been doing more of the online training and zoom calls which have worked really nicely for tristan um regarding the pet professional network obviously because a lot of people were out of work they couldn't afford to join mm-hmm. so what we've offered is like a monthly fee now and then for people who are um, rejoining we extended it by a couple of weeks so if there's any issues financially um, you know and the hard thing was is 
I schedule a lot of my posts. So I scheduled a launch the day of the announcement of when we weren't oh, allowed no. to. And, oh, that was the worst launch ever because obviously, it, it, yeah, I felt guilty, but I couldn't. I couldn't go through and reschedule it because I'd worked so hard. Um, yeah. We still had 10 people join and they benefited, but I didn't want to be one of those people that's trying to sell straight away through yeah. the pandemic. Uh, and I think you feel timing. a bit icky. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. yeah, these things happen, don't they? You can't really, there's no way yeah. you can help that. And, and dog walking is an interesting subject because um, we actually we um, we lost one of our clients this week because um, unfortunately they they've both been furloughed and he was our oldest so I I he was one of my first ever um, puppies that I ever did a home you've known him longer than me yeah a home puppy course for <laughs> and I started as a dog walker um, and and he's just stayed with us he's been he's, he's a brilliant dog he's called bear he's solid like um really solid he's great for with any other dog so it was really it was almost like saying goodbye to a to an old friend it was really really quite upsetting wasn't it i had to keep yes. the email quite short because otherwise i would have waffled on about my love for him <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's and... weird isn't it because you you end up being such a part of their life mm. and yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. I just wanted to be like, I hope I bump into you and all of that. And I was like, well, bump into somebody at the moment isn't the right term. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hope everything's great. Oh, we'll be really missed. <laughs> Do you have any um, opinions, Helen, on sort of like legislation for dog trainers and things? Because I know that there's there's talk of things coming in, isn't there, in the future um, about how many dogs and all of this kind of thing. For walkers. Yeah, for walkers, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I do feel that, you know, smaller groups are the way forward because I used to be a dog walker and I used to find it challenging over five dogs. Maybe that's just me personally, Mm. but I felt if something happened, you know, only takes that one second for a dog to run off or maybe another dog from another dog walker to come over. And then what are you going to do? And I was often had two dogs on lead and then three off lead. But how are you supposed to manage that? Mm. Um, So personally, I think smaller groups are the way forward. Uh, In Cheltenham, we have secure fields. So a lot of people rent them out, which is absolutely ideal. Um, And then what concerns me is a lot of people will just put dogs into group walks that aren't suitable. Mm. They're They're sometimes anxious dogs that are just shut down. They're like, oh, look at him. He looks happy on this group walk. And then I get the videos through and I'm like, that's a shut down dog, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, about I, I how have... they, it's about how they travel as well. So I think, um, you know, if they're, let's say they're the first pickup and the last drop off and they're a bit worried. So they end up then being crated in between loads of other dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just there's a lot more to it than just taking a dog for a walk, isn't yeah, there? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think with the dog training, you know, we've got some great legislation coming through, but I think dog walking is still something that needs to be looked at. Um, and I think there should be an organisation that makes the legislation for dog walkers. Mm. And I don't think anyone's really taken that yet. There's um, guidelines so available, isn't there? Um, yeah, the, know, kennel, the kennel. Yeah, the kennel club are looking at some stuff. I mean, there's there's lots of stuff in the pipeline, um, and I know that um, Lantra were considering some some kind of online training. Um, but again, as with most things, it's the keen people that will seek it out to become accredited mm. or you know gain the knowledge that they need. And yeah. it's so it's that's why I 
prefer the kind of legislation regulation route because then you have to do it (laughs) you know um it's not uh, because actually people that are going to seek out a a training course they probably know a lot already they're responsible people because they're actually seeking knowledge Mm -hmm. it's people that set up like that that maybe might be less likely to be responsible uh and a lot of the work that i do uh with land managers um uh, looking at ways to encourage responsible dog walking behavior on the sites fouling for example you can attribute a, a lot of that not completely but to some commercial dog walkers because like you say if you've got six dogs off lead and they all fly out the van and go in different directions there's no way on earth you're picking up all that poo yeah. um i'm sure there are dog walkers that do i don't want to get bashed <laughs> um but it, you know i yeah it, it's it's tricky to keep your eye on that many that many dogs i saw I, I have to mention this story i just have the anger i've been triggered i was sat in the car I was sat in the car waiting for Steve he popped into the shop and this uh woman walked past with her dog on a flexi lead so she was attached to the dog um and he was having a poo and she looked she put her hand in her pocket and then she spoke to someone and then they just walked off and the bin I kid you not the bin was so close I was like oh my god but I didn't like I didn't want to to start something. I think it would have. Um, that's what I'm going to say. Is I think if I had said something, it wouldn't have gone down well. So you must have had a poo bag on you to offer her. I mean, we've all got ten in each pocket at all times, haven't we? <laughs> that would have been a good route. I'm not sure I did yeah. at the time, but yeah, yeah. I yeah. I just once she got far enough away, I then shouted, "There's a bin right there!" You know, you know that really passive aggressive <laughs> kind of way. That's how yeah. I dealt with it anyway. <laughs> Just to make you feel like, yeah, you, you did something. Yeah. Wait till she gets out of earshot, then shall it. Drive off. <laughs> I did that on a, on a, a you know, a, a, a nice note. Um, I noticed during the lockdown, actually, lots of more fouling going on around. I don't know whether that can be attributed to more people walking their dogs closer to home or possibly, I, I guess, lots of kids were off and stuff, so maybe they were taking dogs out and not being as responsible. Not that I like to, you know, I don't, I don't know, but it definitely was something that I saw around our local area when you were only allowed to walk around sort of locally to where you were. Well, the, you know, there still is a large section of, of dog-owning society that will just unclip and see you at the end, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so they're probably not used to seeing where their dog goes and picking up after them. Then suddenly if they're doing a lead walk, they're ill-prepared for what might happen. But, yeah, it's a tricky one. Tricky one, indeed. There's always but I'm, that... I'm too far the other way, as you know. I wouldn't... <laughs> I think I... I could probably count on one hand the amount of poos I've not picked up from my dogs. <laughs> I've been known to like go through my pockets and find a manky bit of old crisp packet or something, you know, something that I can use. <laughs> well, we, we were that, like that the other day, you know, like you just said, you probably had a poo bag on you. There was a couple of days, you know, when you're like, oh, we need to top up the poo bags in the car and just kept yeah. forgetting. So you suddenly start using the weirdest things. <laughs> just going around with loads of tissue. And you're like, oh, okay, that'll do. <laughs> And we've got 5,000 in the house. (laughs) (laughs) That's like me with um, bags for life going to the supermarket. Mm. Why don't I just leave them in the car? Why? (laughs) (laughs) 
I went to the, the supermarket the other day and obviously on our local Tesco's you've got queue up, um, you know, social distancing and all of that stuff. It's been, it's actually, all the queues go down quite quick now, but this particular day I was in the queue for ages and when I got to the front I realised I didn't have a trolley token oh, to put in no. the trolleys. I was like, oh no, I had all my bags and everything. So I said to the person that was waiting just before we went in, I said, you know, will I be able to go in, ask for a to, to borrow a trolley token, come back out, but then go back in again in front of all those people that are still queuing, you know, with my trolley token. But then, lucky enough, they said yes, but I felt really bad. The amount of, <laughs> the amount of stink eye I got was uh, was quite incredible, I must admit. But, yeah, I learned my lesson there. I'm not going to be doing that again, that's for sure. <laughs> so, um... Have you got anything that you would like to plug or throw out there or anything at all, Helen, that you that you need um, to? So I think the main two things really is um, we are opening up the Pet Professional Network probably the week after next. So Brilliant. if people want to join, it's um, an online assessment process where we just um, chat you're a trusted business and you meet our ethics. Um, so we usually open up to 20 people every two months and we have like a wait in this. So if anyone wants to apply, um, just go on our website and there's a register button to the top right. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is I'm desperately looking for land for our rescue. So if you know of anyone, um, you know, close to Gloucestershire, if anyone knows anyone in the area, the more people I ask, the more likely we'll get our land. We are absolutely desperate to get land to expand our rescue. and We cannot continue um, the way we are without more land. So, yeah. There you go, peeps. Find some land. Helen some wants land her bedroom Helen. back. Someone, <laughs> someone must know someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they certainly will. Well, what we'll do, we'll stick links to all of that in in our uh, show notes. So anyone that wants to come and find right. the pet professional, I can heartily, heartily recommend it. I'm sure everyone else on here would as well. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic organisation, and you you, so you work really <laughs> yeah. tirelessly and help lots of people out. So that's all good. Oh, Not even you. to mention your rescue work. Yeah. Well, thank thank you so much for coming to chat to us. Um, thank you. I will, yeah. Th- this episode will be going up this week at some point. I'll give you, um, I'll give you a shout about it when uh, when we're putting Fantastic. it up. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, we, Helen. We'll say bye-bye. bye bye. Yeah, bye. You take care. Bye, Helen. Bye. Atoms collide, our cells divide, just like they've always done. A spark of life, we multiply this ride, it's just begun. Stretches back through all time. Time guided by a primal desire to simply survive. Survive, you can't keep it down. You know.
And it won't be kept out 